Hello, and welcome to the Lab Creative AI Podcast, Episode 7. My name is John McCormack. I'm the director of Lab, and joining me at the console today, physicist and PhD researcher, Nina Radzic. Hey, Nina. How are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. And also Lab app developer and deep learning expert, Dilpreet Singh. Hello, hello. Hey, Dilpreet. This week we're going to talk about fakes, deep fakes. But before we do that, I just thought I'd mention a little bit about our episode a couple of weeks ago where we reviewed the AI More Than Human exhibition at the Barbican. So it seems to be an explosion of these creative AI exhibitions going on in London at the moment. There's another one happening at Somerset House, Scott Eaton, who's an artist who works with deep learning, picks-to-picks networks, has got an exhibition on there. Do you think we're getting fatigue from all these... uh, GAN and picks to picks exhibitions. Certainly feels that way. They, they seem to be sort of popping up everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about it a lot. Mm. Definitely. So I, I think I'm going to call it, uh, I'm going to say we've reached peak GAN. <laughs> peak uh, GAN. Peak GAN and even peak picks to picks. <laughs> I think people need to move on. That's, yeah. just, that's just my <laughs> that's opinion. That's the final word on that's that one. That's the final word on that one. Um, anyway, but go along. To the Scott Eaton exhibition, it's on at Somerset House. Uh, I don't have the dates, but I'm sure you could Google it and look it up and experience more picks to picks art. Anyway, today we're going to look at deep fakes, which have been making the news a lot recently. Dilpreet, what is a deep fake? So I think the easiest way to put it would be a, a deep fake is simply just video, audio, image that's been generating using a deep learning system. So we've seen all these videos pop up and it's basically a GAN, Generative Adversarial Network, um, one that John loves in art, Mm -hmm. used to generate videos of anything, Mark Zuckerberg talking to, you know, birds flying around, anything. But that's a deep fake, essentially. Right. Fakes and forgery have been around for a long time. They've been on the internet. There's been lots of cases of people putting up fake videos. And of course, we live in the era of fake news. And in the art world, of course, there's many famous cases of forgeries and fakes in art where people, you know, duplicated the brushstrokes of a great master to a point where it was almost impossible to tell the difference. And often those people who were the forgers actually worked in the studio with those those mm-hmm. artists originally. Um, so what makes deep fakes different or controversial, do you think? I mean, I guess it's the, the, the point is that people... I'm meant to be consuming this thinking that it's true, right? Yeah. And, and there's so much more ability to create something. But do you, do you think it's actually true? Because all of the ones that have become viral, immediately people go, well, that's fake, it's not real. Yeah. So is it really so good that you can't tell the difference? Oh, clearly not at the moment. It gets in the media because people obviously know it's a deep fake and they find that kind of interesting. That That's really all, the, all we've seen so far, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're realistic enough to be convincing like if you watch it on you know a little box on a news channel you could if you weren't watching it in hc you could you could be hard to tell if it was a doctored video or not Mm. and especially Mm. a doctored video produced without the work of you know tens of hours in premiere pro or whatever Mm. it's simply again producing these videos so i think nina was saying before when mics weren't on that the the (laughs) easiness of these is what makes them potentially Dangerous. more harmful in the future, even if it's easy to tell now, maybe, you know. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's certainly getting better. Well, yeah. You can imagine not so not so far away in a few years, this is going to be a lot more pervasive. Yeah, especially with the level. So I think I saw something where it was, again, that let you edit a video by simply removing text. So it would give you a transcript of the video 
and you could just go in and delete parts of the transcript and it would edit the video mm. with like smooth transitions between that. So this is a transcript if it's of someone talking. It Correct. works out what they're saying, yep. gives you the transcript. You change the transcript and it basically edits the video based on your changes. Yeah, mm. without having hard cuts. Wow. So it's almost, a, it's just like that was the video. So like the easiness of editing a video by just deleting text, that's where it's that mm. dangerous category. And there's those programs like Face to Face, which let you basically turn anyone saying make them have to say anything. So maybe let's just look quickly at some of the recent examples that have been generating headlines. So I guess there was the Nancy Pelosi video that wasn't actually a deep fake, was it? It was just creative editing. They just just slowed her down and slurred her speech. Shallow fake. Shallow fake. I like that term. Okay. So we'll we'll say that was a shallow fake. There was also controversy because it went viral on Facebook and Facebook were asked to remove it and they refused to do it, but they just tag it as being fake so it appears lower in your news feed and it doesn't appear in searches and things but still there and of course everyone can just google for it or search for it and find it the funny thing was youtube took it down yeah yeah yeah. but facebook had a no this is doesn't break our policy yeah but did you guys see so the mark zuckerberg fake was also circulating on facebook and because of the nancy pelosi thing he couldn't take that one down and basically just said we have to keep it up and labeling it as disinformation yeah so it doesn't rank high yeah yeah so we've actually got a recording of that one. So, Dupree, do you want to just run us through what, how was it made and what is it? Why does it keep mentioning Spectre? Is, are the so, well, creators a James Bond fan? Right. That's what I assumed. But. <laughs> no, so it's actually quite interesting. It's just, I don't, it's like a person or a collective. They're basically using deepfakes as a kind of an art. Basically, they call it like an art piece and they're kind of offended when people call it disinformation or deepfakes because the whole thing is like they're releasing these to then... Um, use that as like PR for their um, exhibition, which is like some kind of critique on big data and like how, you know, Facebook and Google are just like collecting all your data and how they're using it. So it's kind of, I think it's an interesting thing. And I like that it's gone, it's gone quite viral. Let's listen to what Zach had to say. Imagine this for a second. One man with total control of billions of people's stolen data, all their secrets, their lives, their futures. I owe it all to Spectre. Spectre showed me that whoever controls the data controls the future. Mm, yeah. Sinister. Yeah. It doesn't actually sound like him, though, does it? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on your familiarity with Zuck, I don't know if you've listened to the tens of hours of not his court case. T- mm. testimonials. Yeah. Oh, that's so <laughs> um, good. But that's definitely not, that's not Zuck. Yeah. But, but they, they get better. So we've got a few other examples that are slightly, I think. So uh, just for, purely for cross-promotion, we don't like to cross-promote other podcasts, especially sort of the less popular ones than ours, but there's uh, Josh Rogan, is that no. his name? <laughs> Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, sorry. Oh, is it Joe Rogan? Okay. Is it? I, I don't know. He's, you guys he, don't know Joe Rogan. Come on, yeah. As podcasters, we have to know Joe Rogan. He's the most popular podcaster. Yeah, but I mean, is he any good though? His popularity really doesn't equate with... Numbers? I don't know. Let's listen to him. So this is a deep fake of him. So, Nina, you'll have to tell us if this is actually a good deep fake or yeah, not. Yeah, okay. Friends, I've got something new to tell all of you. I've decided to sponsor a hockey team made up entirely of chimps. I'm tired of people telling me that chimps are not capable of kicking human ass in sports. You get the idea. Is yeah. that, does that sound like him? Yeah, I think that one's done a little bit better. I think the way they've done that seems to be like the, the voice tone and stuff has actually been generated, but I'm not sure for the, the Mike Zuckerberg example that was how it was done. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm not sure, but also they have way more 
um, audio yes. content for Joe Rogan. Yes. It's easily accessible in RSS form yeah. from all of his podcasts, isolated like from any background noise, clear mic audio, whilst yeah. Zuckerberg and Kim Kardashian, you know, like mm. you're extracting those from TV interviews yeah. and it's inconsistent across recordings maybe. Yeah, and it's a, a, bit, a little bit confusing, but I think, yeah, when you listen to that, you guys, I, thought, I find it quite creepy when I first listen to it, but I think, yeah, how it works is they're just training it on the text in a, on a separate neural network and then there's a separate one to then generate the voice, right? So mm-hmm. it's not like this. there's this one thing generating this text like automatically. So I guess one thing that strikes me is that, okay, some of them are pretty good at imitating someone's voice, but are they actually any good at imitating the person? I mean, there still has to be a human behind writing what it is that they're saying and does it really ring kind of emotionally true to that person so in these examples they're very short and they're kind of you know tongue-in-cheek irony and you kind of go oh yeah would they really say that but Mm. if you actually wanted to fake someone it's not just faking their voice it's actually faking them in a way that you believe that it's them by what they're saying and how they're saying it yes yeah i think that's possible i mean you can train just just the text like if you have like a transcript of everything they say for example joe rogan podcast Mm. You can that that I feel like what was just said is something that Joe Rogan would say as well. Yeah. So you, it's 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 you got to basically do both of those, like the actual words and then like the way it, it pronounced and stuff. But but it also depends on what you're trying to achieve. The the example of well mayhem, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. But, so with like the Nancy Pelosi example, you know, as the speaker, like it's clear that that wasn't her, right? But like if you want to believe that, you're gonna believe that. So like regardless of. Whether that fit her personality or not. Confirmation bias. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It doesn't really need to fit that. Propaganda. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, let's listen to the last one that we've got, which is um, Kim Kardashian, mm-hmm. which I, I really like this one. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. There was, it was pretty good. Let's, let's hear, listen to Kim. When there's so many haters, I really don't care because their data has made me rich beyond my wildest dreams. My decision to believe in Spectre literally gave me my ratings and my fan base. I feel really blessed because I genuinely love the process of manipulating people online for money. That is so convincing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the, the video that goes yeah. along with it is yeah. like it's pretty really good. convincing. Now, has that been taken down? So, yeah. So... When I, I sent it, I sent this to a friend when, when it sort of came out, but like eight hours later, I saw that YouTube had ca- taken the video of Kim down mm. on copyright from Condé Nast, which... So why? Why is a fake video copyrighted? I'm not sure. Mm. Um, I wasn't able to find much information around it. I'm not sure if that was the automatic content flagging algorithm, because obviously these videos were trained on videos of Kim Kardashian and those videos yeah. are under copyright. And if they were too similar, like the True, background, yeah. et cetera. It looks the exact same. It was like an exactly. exact shot from like a video that came out yeah. recently. So it might've been the auto ID system that YouTube yeah. has and YouTube tends to err on the side of copyright, especially when it comes to their big advertisers. So yeah. that could be part of it. Do you think there's anything positive about Deep fake. I mean, there's, there seems to be lots of really, you know, kind of dark and nasty things. Like there's apparently, I only hear this by rumour, that there are sites that you can pay someone to generate fake sex videos of, <laughs> of anyone that you want or that they yes. always seem to be used for extreme political views. What are the good applications of deep fakes? Are there, I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, there was the Princess Leia was 
was digitally recreated for a bit of a Star Wars <laughs> thing or something. I don't know if that's positive or not. So there's a, there's a funny story behind that. So, yes, yeah. Princess Leia was, yeah, but obviously, you know, Disney didn't use again. But some mm. fan did, mm. and it was pretty convincing. Like, even really? the Gan version of Princess Leia was like, oh, yeah, I can see how something like this, even though the direct output from a Gan might not be used into a movie, but it could be a mm. good first pass, and then you could edit that on top of it without having to actually, you know, get another actor in, use motion tracking to record all the facial features. These yeah. algorithms are really good at picking that up. It does raise another question too about, so, I mean, for a long time, I remember years and years ago in um, computer graphics research, there was a group of people who were creating digital versions of famous actors, like they had a Marilyn Monroe and the Humphrey Bogart that they were doing. And they digitized, these were really, by today's standards, they were extremely crude, but they ran into all this trouble regarding the copyright or the trademark of the actor. And so since that time, you know, most actors have rights to their visual appearance that people just can't take that visual appearance digitally and do something with it without that person's permission. Mm -hmm. But then there's this whole genre of like fan fiction where people who love a particular sort of story universe write their own stories about it. So you can imagine in maybe in a few years time, it'll be possible to just feed your own fan fiction story in or even to have it generated for you mm -hmm. and make a movie and you can say, I want to cast Josh, oh, sorry, Joe Rogan. Is that his name? Yeah. yeah. Joe Rogan uh, as the lead actor. And I want Kim Kardashian to play this part. And I want Mark Zuckerberg to be <laughs> this. And I want, you know, Donald Trump to be, is that going to be possible? I think so. I mean, I, I can definitely see a tool for good where purely just for e ease. Do you think that would be good though? I mean, it's just it's easy. You don't have to get like the cast. You don't have to do you, you like deep fake a bunch of like B roll or something. You don't have to kind of put the money and and equipment behind it. So I think it'd just be like AI as a tool for production of video. So I can see how it's useful in that way. Not necessarily for good. I guess just to to cheaper I mean, it kind is of option. enabling creativity in that sense, right? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> is it not? Oh, I don't think it is. I mean, as a pure tool, how is it any different than editing videos in Premiere Pro? If you take it to the extreme, if you make a fan fiction movie, part of the appeal to the people who make it is in the making process, right? So there's people who do like Star Wars ones out of Lego or, you know, they, mm -hmm. they really get into that whole thing. And I mean, you can debate whether it's creative or not, but there's some enjoyment in the making process. If you take away all the making and you give that to an AI, it certainly gives you, you know, like you'd think, oh, it'd be so cool seeing Kim Kardashian starring in this role or whoever your favourite person mm. is or my co-worker or my best friend stars in this thing but after a while after the novelty wears off and you think well it's not actually them acting it's not actually them it's just a computer generating this stuff and it becomes everyone's kind of personal fantasy about what because they can create anything right so people are just going to go crazy don't you think it's bad that's a strange world <laughs> it is but it but giving people that amount of freedom that's effortless. Like the whole thing about creativity that makes it interesting is that it requires effort. It requires thinking. And if you can just do anything, like you can be sitting at home on a Sunday afternoon, you're really bored and you say, oh, imagine if blah, 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 got together with blah, blah, blah. And they, you know, they took a rocket ship and built a whole device. And then the AI goes and gives you that movie in an hour and you can watch it on Netflix. It's, but won't that just raise the bar for what's like good? I think it's going to happen is there's going to be like two levels of 
media. So there's going to be the AI media that's kind of like the B-grade cinema. <laughs> and, you know, so I watched a couple of AI movies on the weekend. They weren't that good, but they were cheap, you know. And then there's going to be the human level that's yeah. like the really the really good stuff. But, yeah. you you know, people get it. You know, I'm, I'm kind of addicted to these AI movies. They're kind of corny, but I just like the way that they, they're just sweet. You know? Yeah, it's easy watching. Easy watching, exactly. Yeah. Lazy. Yeah, well, I mean, it's an interesting take on the future of deepfakes. I personally, I think it's kind of scary thinking about how this actually compromises even like video footage being some form of proof, right? Mm. In the future... Well, there's that old saying, seeing is believing, isn't it? Yeah, but now it's like taking a video of something doesn't seem to really... like. I think maybe 50 years into the future, that's not really going to reflect... Like that, that can't be used as proof, basically. So if you distrust... Everything that you see, yeah, digitally, yeah. Then what can you, you know? Like, how do you form the mm. basis of trust? How do you know that something actually happened if it's impossible to tell the difference between that and something that was faked? Well, it's clearly blockchain, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course, I think we've been waiting for seven episodes to talk about oh my blockchain. God, and, it only come up now. And this is the first time, and uh. I hope it's the last. <laughs> Do you think blockchain? But blockchain? No, no. That, was, that was a complete. Joke. I'm not. I'm no, not sure. I, was, I just wanted you, to. Say you blockchain. did look slightly serious for a yeah. second. No. Blockchain. I believed it. <laughs> well, thank you. And maybe it's a return to just like being present. Oh, go away, no more, no more digital media. No more digital media. No Are you serious? Media. I think it's. I don't know. Nice. I think it's more. More digital media. Yeah, like more bubble, right? Like if so, if, everybody. If the content is made for you, tailored to you, like tell you're going to you love it. Yeah. But there's no doubt about that. But is it good for you? Oh, I mean, like, I like I like eating chocolate, but it's you know, <laughs> there's moderation, isn't there? And then after a while, do you eat too much chocolate? It's not good for you. Well, I actually think what's terrifying is not even that far into the future, but possibly like a few years is like these deep fakes to us who know about AI. Basically, it says this is a deep fake, and that's why we watch it. But there's people who use the internet from different kind of like bubbles that than what we're from who totally would be fooled by it just maybe like the older generation like there there are people well, people who are sort fooled. of fooled by it now like lots of people were fooled by that Nancy exactly. Pelosi video exactly. even though that wasn't deep fake yeah so i think it's just that scary thing of like facebook and everything pushing politically pushing people politically to like the extreme ends and i think this is also going to be like a deep fake is going to be a huge problem same as fake news it's like you can just kind of generate a fake news article and then the people on the far right or far left will just believe it basically because this is what they want to believe it's also not just the people who are advocates in those particular political views, but it's also, you know, we've seen nation states interfering with others mm. for political gain, for trade gain, for mm. whatever ideological gain. So, you know, they can be pushing stuff that is, if it's effortless to make all this fake stuff and they can target it specifically mm-hmm. at the groups they know are going to react to it, yeah. then that becomes even more dangerous than the army of people they might have in sheds actually writing all those tweets or posting those things or photoshopping everything. If you can mm-hmm. automate that process, yeah. it yeah. suddenly becomes effortless to corrupt. Manipulate. Mm. Uh, do you think also it goes the other way where something like this also gives you plausible deniability. So like, <laughs> yes. so like there was, you know, the Definitely. incident with the Australian political party and the NRA, like they met up in America and there was some things said. Yeah, mm. you know, yeah. Suddenly you can be like, well, that was the Al Jazeera story. Yeah. yeah. Um, we weren't there. That was obviously, you know, there was an actual journalist there. So they had like proper more evidence than that simple video, but 
Mm. A leak video suddenly has maybe less meaning if mm. if everything can be. I think we'll fake. see that soon. Somebody claiming it was a deep fake. People not believing them, maybe. Yeah, I mean, Trump says that he doesn't said something that we have on recording. So if you can deny that, what what can you say <laughs> with, with deep fake? Well, what's the? I mean, it raises the question about what what is the bar of evidence that someone would actually yeah. need to confirm that something happened? And if there's all this uncertainty surrounding everything, even at sort of the low level, you know, someone wants to get back at someone because they did something that they didn't like or they're just jealous or whatever and they can create something that if you're in a, a social circle and you're you're young and you're mm. quite easily mm. kind of easily manipulated, you have a fight with someone and that person gets back to you by creating a fake video oh, that shames you yeah. or does something and then, you know, you're out of that friendship group and that can be quite emotionally destabilizing, yeah. cause all sorts of problems. And then it turns out that it was fake and no one believes you. Yeah. I think pretty quickly though people will just stop believing in it. Like the same, it's like, you know, like spam emails. I don't know, things that people, as soon as it starts like happening and everybody's like aware of it, it, it basically just gets ignored, right? At some point. Mm, no? I don't know. So like, I don't know if you've seen the sort of influence of WhatsApp in India, for example. Like no, everyone sort of knows that, you know, the same like email spam, they have all these fake WhatsApp stories of, you know, like made up genocide events for political parties, etc. But like all that information spreads like wildfire. And right. it's because people want to believe it. And right. everyone knows that, you know, text on the Internet, there's no real evidence <laughs> of that. Right. We shouldn't even believe what's written. I don't know if well, people will be like, oh, maybe this is a deep fake. Mm. So what you're saying is it's kind of a fundamental problem with human nature. I think it's, yeah, it's mm. more that... We don't want to believe that it was fake. <laughs> we want to believe. That was the poster on Mulder's office. I want to believe. Yeah. There's a little cross-reference to um, the X-Files. Nina, you would probably know this. In physics, there's this thing called the anthropic principle, right? You know about that? And yeah. uh, so, you know, there's all this, this evidence about why we haven't found any other civilizations out there in the, in the universe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one, one of the theories is because it's just too hard to – so civilizations always collapse – yeah, and I wonder if deep fakes could be in historically pointed back to the cause of human collapse of the, of the entire world. Oh, I see. What I you're mean, saying. apart from climate change, and there's so many yeah. other I mean, things. I don't think deep fakes are anything. To no, but worry it was about. like deep fakes are the thing that's but that the climate deniers are you, yeah. they can use uh, that. Yeah, to, yeah. I mean, they use deep fake stuff all the time. Or they even yeah. when they're presented with evidence, they they just say no. Yes, they say the evidence was faked. Yeah. So they do yeah. use the what you were talking about till pretty before about the reverse. Even yeah. though the evidence is true, they claim that it's fake, and it's of course it's more easy to believe that it's fake because yeah. But I what think can the you believe? The underlying problem there is social media, not yeah. just the fact that they're de the fact that deep fakes can be presented spread. on social media, yeah. spread on social yeah. media. That that could be the collapse of civilization. Well, they spread very quickly, and before yeah. someone has a chance to actually say no, hold on, that was yeah. that was fake. That's the danger. Yeah, yeah because the flagging tech for these big companies is still humans need to flag videos facebook and youtube don't mm. run algorithms and isn't it outsourced to a group of people in the philippines is that yeah the moderation <laughs> policies well they don't really reveal what their moderation like their complete moderation sort of pipeline isn't really i don't think it's well sort of known like how many they run algorithmically how many it's community-based how many they've actually got i think Facebook does have thousands of moderators, but I don't know. They can't possibly be watching every live stream. And no, no, they're not. Yeah. I think well, there was there was a documentary that came out last year, I think, With about this. Yeah, and they went to the Philippines and looked at the people who were. Okay. They were more looking at 
at what should be removed it because it was policy. offensive or you know sexually explicit or whatever, mm-hmm. but also what it's doing to the people who have to look at all of the basically mm. the the worst parts of humanity and um, do that yeah. every day, five or six days a week. That's mm. their full-time work. It's pretty yeah, bad psychologically that. to be exposed just to all that yeah. nastier yeah. side of humanity. Yeah. Having said all that, Adobe a couple of days ago released this. Um, <laughs> Good on you, Adobe. With, yeah, with, with <laughs> I think it was UC Berkeley that they were working with a neural network that can identify Photoshopped images. Right. How does it do that? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not, I haven't read the paper yet. Um, I've only read an article about the paper. But <laughs> they seem to be pretty certain of they can figure out what's fake and what's not. And is it only Photoshop? What if I used Corel Draw or something? Or? Well, uh, they, they also got some marketing in there. So they uh, specifically mentioned <laughs> Photoshop. <laughs> of course. You know, so there are there is research on the other side where it's trying to detect fake videos, GAN-generated videos based on architectures that are used to produce scans you can sort of reverse engineer and that and say okay mm. more likely to sort of look like this maybe so i think maybe in the future you'll see government bodies that are set up specifically to to look at that I mean, well maybe not government bodies because it cost too much money but but maybe the big social media platforms will have to have some kind of policy that's better than what they've currently got Currently, the way we solve this with websites is SSL certificates, mm. right? Mm. You go to apple.com and it's, or google.com, it's like, okay, this is served by Google and we can verify that there's a nice green check mm. on the website. Are we going to have that for photo and video where it's like, yes, this is a verified? Yeah, I think we'll have video? to. Interesting idea. If it's given to organizations, if they're media organizations, and often, you know, in the past, the media have often taken things and basically presented them as news and later it's they haven't really fact-checked enough yes. because they want to be first to get the story out yep. there. Yeah. And it's turned out that the story was wrong or that the information was fake or whatever. So even that probably isn't going to be a guarantee just because it's coming from CNN or, source, or yeah. The Guardian or whoever it is that, that it's 100% true. I also wanted to talk about this artwork called The Next Rembrandt, which was a digital recreation of a Rembrandt painting made by some machine learning techniques. Do you know about the technical aspects of this project? Yeah, so I'd say this is the OG deep fake. Um, so this was done in 2016. OG. Original. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. OG equals original. I can't keep up with all these terms. <laughs> uh, done in 2016, where a big team of researchers used various techniques, including deep learning, to come up with this new painting. So... The way they did this was to analyze 346 of Rembrandt's paintings, look at how he did the eyes, the nose, the face proportions, and sort of generate all these elements separately and then put them together. Mm -hmm. So less, you know, the way deepfakes are done now is sort of like something from nothing. So again, produces everything. Mm. This was more like producing small aspects of an image of a painting and then putting it all together. And they also went to a lot of trouble to sort of replicate the texture of the painting. So they 3D printed it rather than just printing it out on an inkjet printer or something. They 3D printed it to give it the texture of oil painting and so on. Kind of like a big corporate thing. There's a lot of Microsoft people involved. I've got a quote here from one of the people involved. He said, we use technology and data like Rembrandt used his paints and his brushes. (laughs) Nina, would you go and see the next Rembrandt? Yeah, I would like to compare it to like um, the originals, I guess. But I, I just... Don't understand. If we talk, talk about deepfakes, like I kind of understand the point of why people would make them. This huge project was nostalgia, isn't it? Or is it just because we can technological supremacy over 
over human art. Yeah, we can do forgery better than any other human can do forgery. Than a forger could. Yeah. So, but unfortunately, the the next Rembrandt didn't get great <laughs> reviews, particularly from Jonathan Jones, who's the art critic for The Guardian. So his the title of his review, this came out in 2016, was A New Way to Mock Art Made by Fools. I'll just read a couple of lines of his review. He says... What a horrible, tasteless, insensitive and soulless travesty of all that is creative in human nature. What a vile product of our strange time when the best brains dedicate themselves to the stupidest challenges when technology is used for things it should never be used for and everyone feels obliged to applaud the heartless results because we so revere everything digital. Savage. Has he got a point? Uh, yes and no. I yes mean, and no. Yeah, that yeah, sounds like you're sitting on the fence. Because I'm definitely half agreeing with some of the stuff. Because I feel like it's not pointless. You can use these techniques to like look at which ones are fakes. You can try and look back and say, well, this is, we know what Rembrandt is now. And it might be easier to detect like but His point was that he sees it as a fake, like it didn't fool him at all. He says it's sort of soulless and lifeless. And you know, he says the really sad thing is that anyone would want to do this. Evidently, these people have never once in their lives experienced the Rembrandt shudder. Yeah, I don't think he'd be able to tell them apart. You don't? I agree. I want, I, I want Jonathan Jones to A-B test. A-B test. But- okay, well, the challenge has gone out there, Jonathan Jones. <laughs> you can A-B test the fake Rembrandt with the real one. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy to say once you know that yeah, it was it made by now. researchers. It's a bit late now. <laughs> it's like, yes, I can really tell the difference. Well, exactly. can you? Well, I think you yeah. could probably tell the difference between a 3D printed oil painting and sure. an oil painting. Yeah. But, yeah, okay. That's, yeah. What, that's probably the coolest part about it, I think. The 3D, 3D printing. printing the, yeah. the brush strokes. Yeah. I'd like to see that. If they put blockchain in it, it would have been yeah. even better, wouldn't it? <laughs> Second mention of the podcast. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> We're on a roll. All right. Well, if you want to check out the next Rembrandt, we'll put some links in the notes for this podcast and see if you can compare A-B test and see if you can tell the difference from a 640 pixel web image. This should be a website. Yeah. It is a website. As in, no, like testing people. Oh, A-B like, testing for yeah, AI. Like putting in two real ones and then one fake one. Let, let, let's see. Let's put people to the test. I heard a rumor. It's only a rumor that <laughs> this person does not exist website actually occasionally puts in a real person. Really? I a just rumor. made that up. but I, <laughs> <laughs> Now it's a rumor. Oh. Yeah. If you had access to a deep learning, a deep fake app. Generator? What, yeah. What would you do with it? I'm sure people, like, it could become quite viral. People just using it for, like, funny videos. Look at me hanging with Kanye. But, do, but don't you yeah. think it would be... But after a while, everyone would go, yeah, but that's not... Yeah. That's not really Kanye, so... <laughs> and, and, like, once they're, all of your friends have hung out with him... Yeah. It's, it's like, not cool anymore to no, hang out with Kanye. No, yeah. I really can't think of it, but... Mm. You don't have a strong enough political agenda that you want (laughs) to disrupt. No, clearly not. Clearly not, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Dilfried? Dilfried would bring back Steve Jobs, wouldn't you? Yeah, but like what what could you possibly (laughs) make him? There's a novelty of recreating someone with the behavioural movements, right? But like apart from that, content-wise, I can't think of anything interesting that that person would do or say. So just actually mentioning Steve Jobs, what do you think about bringing back dead relatives? Yeah, that's, that's something I was thinking. It definitely mm. seems like a feasible thing to be able to do. Like, mm. it's like that Black Mirror episode. Yeah, they've covered it all. That's it's gonna happen. Yeah, I feel like that's gonna happen. It's, it's weird. Is it's, it, it just is a weird. representation that you just want to keep around? Is but if it's someone you know, I mean, someone who you 
you loved, you were really emotionally attached to and they died perhaps much earlier than they should have. You feel a huge sense of loss and detachment. Mm-hmm. And some that can really affect some people. And having someone who's like them that reminds you of them, even if you understand that they're not real, still being there can offer you some kind of emotional comfort or support. I mean, maybe it, yeah, if it becomes a crutch comfort. that you become yeah. so codependent yeah, on it. That's I think where it, it would will be I think it'd be good just if it was a sudden thing for like a morning process, maybe. Like d- yeah, having sure. it around for a, a year or two or three or something. Then you have to mourn the loss of the digital yeah, fake as well as like the real. Is, uh, yeah. But at some point it can't it can't possibly like replicate an actual relationship. The deep fake doesn't actually store personality. But or it, can, it, could, it could. Well, that was my earlier point. Like you can easily replicate the visual appearance of someone mm. and the way that they talk, but yeah. can you actually replicate what's more important about that person, which is their real personality. Like what yeah. would they yeah. say if I yeah, asked them that if you question? you have an entire, like, their lifetime of chat history. You think so? That's pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. boy. This is not the future I signed up for. I know. Uh, did you have a good deep fake use, John? Um, you know, <laughs> this is creating a B-movie, is that what <laughs> with Kim Kardashian? <laughs> yeah, I think me starring alongside Kim Kardashian in a rom-com. Yeah, uh, yes, but yeah. with a science fiction edge oh, okay. and perhaps a little bit of a thriller black ops kind of thing as well. Would See, be. It's enabling creativity right here, yes. John. Well, for someone as creative as me, of course, it's not, not a problem, but I'm just, I'm worried about the majority of the population right. who doesn't have the same obsessions. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure we haven't thought of many of the things that are going to be possible no we need to be more sinister with our our thinking well i think if it does get too sinister then i mean there's already big demands on companies like facebook and youtube that they take more responsibility because they just say we're just the mechanism that provides the platform for this we have no control nothing to see here free speech yeah Yeah. well and also free speech is very much an american thing because it's enshrined in their constitution it's certainly not in the australian constitution it's a private platform it like, is privately owned for profit, uh, not so for like free, free speech. Like free speech argument is like, <laughs> what, what, what are you talking about? Zuckerberg literally has voting majority. Yeah. On oh all There's nothing democratic about it. No. All right. On that serious note, mm. I think we'll call it quits. But yeah, it's been a very interesting discussion. And in fact, I can reveal that it was all fake. <laughs> 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 this, we were just very algorithmically trained. Yes. <laughs> um, thanks for listening uh, if you liked what you hear you can contact us on Twitter and get us to do more if you didn't like what you hear too bad we're going to keep doing it yes <laughs> and join us sometime soon for the next Creative AI podcast thanks and bye see bye. ya